Hey everybody, it's great to have you with us today. Whether or not you're a part of the Plum Creek family, we're glad you're here. And I have to say, I am very excited about our topic for today. We're in the second official week of our Strong Challenge. And last week we focused on prayer. Today we're going to focus on Scripture, the Bible, the Word of God. And the title of today's sermon is Dig. I chose that title because when we engage with Scripture, we need to go deeper than the surface level. I believe that when we dig into the Bible, we get stronger. God builds spiritual strength in us as we tap into His timeless truth. And with that in mind, I'll go ahead and give you our big takeaway for today. Here it is. God builds strength in us when we listen to His Word and obey. Now, I am very passionate about this topic, and I have a lot of great stuff to share with you. And first, I want to tell you about a trip I took to visit my brother in Alaska. Now, for a long time, I had heard that Alaska is a beautiful place, but I had never actually been there. Finally, just over a year ago, I made that long trip for myself. And during that visit, my brother and I would start from Anchorage, and every day we'd go off in a different direction. And I'm telling you, no matter which way we went, we always saw something amazing. It might be a historic dilapidated gold mine, or the salmon running upstream, or vegetables that grow to be giants because of the extra sunlight. I got to see huge glaciers, and I watched a bald eagle fly across Resurrection Bay with a big old fish in his talons. Now, as you can imagine, just hearing about Alaska was nothing compared to actually being there. Even pictures and videos can't come close to the real life experience. And since I've been back, I keep telling people about this trip. I'll say things like, Alaska is amazing. You've got to see it someday. You would love it. I just want others to see what I've seen. And for me, this sermon is a lot like that. I want to be that person coming back from a faraway land and saying, this is amazing. You would love this. And let me tell you what I don't want to do here. I don't want to say, okay, everybody, here's your homework. You need to spend at least 15 minutes a day reading your Bible. And if you fail, you should feel really bad. Now, I want much more than that. I want you to fall in love with the Bible. Now, church people talk a lot about reading the Bible but we usually don't talk about falling in love with the Bible. That's a different way of thinking about Scripture, isn't it? But that's exactly what we find in Psalm 119. The writer of this psalm is completely infatuated with God's Word. He's speaking to God and he says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. And then a few verses later he says, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You really get the sense that nobody had to guilt this guy into reading the Bible. For him, God's word is better than dessert. It's sweeter than honey. Now, to be honest, I'm not quite sure I can keep up with the writer of Psalm 119, but I can honestly say that I love scripture. And trust me, I'm not giving myself a compliment here. I have this unique job where I get to spend hours of my time reading and studying the Bible. And if I was in a different line of work, I'm not sure I'd have this perspective. But since God has given me this privilege of serving as a minister and a preacher, 
I want to invite you to share in my love of Scripture. At the same time, though, I need to be clear. Loving the Bible is a great goal, but it's not the end goal. Ultimately, the end goal is to fall in love with God. And it's through the Bible that we fall in love with God. You can't know who he is without this book. You can't even understand yourself without this book. But the more you know the Bible and the more you come to know God, the more you'll grow to love him. And according to Jesus, that is the greatest of all the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So with that ultimate goal in mind, we're going to look at some simple habits that will help anyone dig into Scripture. And when I say anyone, I really mean that. You may find the Bible intimidating, or maybe you don't like to read at all, but this is still going to be helpful, no matter who you are. And before we get too far, I need to point out that the stakes are very high here. You see, the Bible is our reliable source of truth. But when it comes to God and faith and spirituality in general, the world is full of made-up ideas and confusion and also outright lies and deception. And how can we sort out the truth from the lies? Well, here's what the, the Apostle Paul has to say about Scripture. Paul is writing to his younger friend Timothy here, and he says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So according to Paul, the Bible is true and it's useful. But beyond that, it's also inspired by God. Other versions say that scripture is God-breathed. So even though all 66 books of the Bible were written by human beings, God inspired those authors to write what he wanted them to say. Now, of course, many people struggle to believe that the Bible is actually God's word. People talk about errors and contradictions and outdated ideas. And I've been pretty open about the fact that at different points in my life, I've had my own questions about whether the Bible actually came from God. But I encourage anyone to ask those questions and do the research because the Bible can handle it. Over the centuries, this book has weathered merciless criticism and scrutiny. But at the end of the day, the Bible has proven to be trustworthy and reliable. Now, if you are struggling with some questions or maybe some doubts, I can point you to several good resources. I actually preached a sermon about this around two years ago. And you can still find that sermon on our website, plumcreek.org, or on iTunes. It's from October 18th, 2018, and it's called, Is the Bible Reliable? Now, if you listen to that sermon and you'd like to go deeper, send me an email, doug at plumcreek.org, and I'd be glad to help you find what you need. But for the rest of our time here, I'm going to speak from the conviction that the Bible is our source of reliable truth. And with that in mind, we need to develop a regular habit of taking Scripture into our minds and into our hearts. And this is where you might feel like I'm giving you a homework assignment. But for the moment, let's set that mindset aside and let's think about the Bible for what it really is. This book is a window into heaven. It's not about us, 
but it helps us understand that the one true God of the universe loves us and he wants to be with us. And this book addresses every important question that we have in life. Why are we here? What's our purpose? How am I supposed to live? How can I ever know that I'm good enough? And what happens when this life is over? How can I be sure that everything's going to be okay in the end? All of these questions are answered in the Bible. We need to learn this truth, and we also need to be reminded of this truth again and again and again. So let's get practical here. Let's talk about five Bible habits that will help you grow spiritually strong. The first habit is to hear the Word of God. It's listening to Scripture and knowing that God is actually speaking directly to you through His Word. Now, one great way to do that is in a worship service like this. Attending a Bible-based worship service every week is a great way to build this habit of hearing. And I want to emphasize that the worship service and the sermon has to be Bible-based. Whenever I preach, I want to speak from Scripture. I don't want to spout off my own ideas and my own opinions. I'm nowhere near smart enough to do that. And for you, as the listener, I encourage you to keep that same standard. If you hear me or any other preacher saying things that don't line up with Scripture, it's time to have a conversation with that preacher or just go find a different one. So please, whenever you listen to a sermon, have your Bible with you. Don't take my word for it. Look it up yourself. Because when both the speaker and the listener are focused on what God is actually saying, it's an amazing thing. I can't tell you how many times someone has approached me after a sermon and said, I feel like you were talking directly to me today. And then they'll tell me what they heard. And a lot of times I'm thinking, I don't remember saying that. But when we listen to God's word, he has a way of telling us exactly what we need to hear. So that's habit number one, hear the word of God. The second habit is to read scripture yourself. And this one takes a little more initiative. Just hearing the word is kind of a passive activity, but with reading, you have to be active. Now in our home, we're trying to build this habit into our children. And almost every night before the kids go to bed, we have something we call Bible time. And when they were younger, we usually read from a kid's book, like the Jesus Storybook Bible. But now that they're older, we tell them to go get their own Bibles and we all read through a passage of scripture together. And no matter what we read, we tend to ask the same basic questions afterward. First, I usually ask, what did you notice in that story or that passage? What stuck out to you? So we talk about that for a couple of minutes and then I follow up with a second question, which is something like, what is God teaching us here? What's the lesson? What does he want us to do? And I'll be honest, <laughs> depending on the passage, it's not always easy to answer those questions. Right now, we're going through the book of Judges in the Old Testament. And man, there are some crazy stories in that book. In fact, a few nights ago, we got to the end of a chapter and I said, okay guys, I'm gonna let mommy tell you the lesson we're supposed to learn from that story. I don't mind passing the buck now and then. But seriously, there are many, many times when the Bible seems confusing or strange. And that's okay. It really is. Uh, we're going to talk about how to deal with that in a minute. 
But before we move on, I want to remind you that it is so important to make reading a habit. Our family has a set time and a set place where we know we're going to spend time in Scripture. It's an appointment. It's an expectation. Now, do we make it to that appointment 100% of the time? Of course not. But it is a habit. And anyone can do this. You can build this habit into the rhythm of your day. Choose a time. Choose a place. And this will look very different from one person to another. For example, you may feel like you don't have time to read or you just don't know what to read. But don't let those things stop you. Today, we have tools and resources like we've never had before. If you're a part of Plum Creek, we provide a scripture reading plan every week. And right now, we've got these challenge cards. These are a part of the strong challenge. And this week, you can pull out the six cards that say dig. And these cards will help you engage with scripture. And by the way, if you don't have a deck of cards or you've lost yours, we're going to post these on our Facebook page every week. But then, what about those of us who struggle to find the time to read? Well, in the past, you might have heard us talk about the Bible app, which is also known as YouVersion. This app is free, and it's been downloaded over 400 million times. And they have over 2,000 versions of the Bible in more than 1,000 different languages. But I wanted to mention this because if you feel like you're too busy to read, the Bible app also has several audio versions that you can listen to. And that means you can take in scripture while you're working out or driving to the grocery store or going to work. The truth is, we all have the time. We just need to make the appointment and then show up. Now, so far, we haven't said much about content. And that takes us to our next habit. Habit number three is dig or study. And this is where you have to put in some effort to understand what the Bible is saying. Now, I alluded to this earlier. Scripture can be strange or confusing. Honestly, some parts are just plain boring. And on some days, you'll read a passage that just rubs you the wrong way. But the good news is all of those things are normal. And every time you struggle with a particular passage of Scripture, that's an opportunity to start digging. And this is when things get fun. Now, in your first challenge card for this week, uh, dig number one, you'll find a three-step process for studying the Bible. And it looks like this. Step one is observe. What's being said in that passage? What stands out? And once you've answered that, and then you move on to step two, which is interpret. And we're going a little deeper here. I know what it says, but now what does it mean? And then finally, you go to step three, which is apply. How does this verse or this passage apply to my life and to my community? And when you take all three of these steps, you're going to hear from God. And this will be time well spent. The problem is, like I mentioned earlier, it's not always easy to accomplish this on your own. A lot of times, we're going to need some backup. But again, we live in this time where we have unprecedented access to resources that can help us dig into the Bible. At the moment, I'll mention just two of them, and I'll explain how they're helpful. The first one is called the Bible Project. So let's say you do pick up that first challenge card for this week. This one tells you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 26, and then 
study that passage using those three steps. Now, if you read those three verses, but you're not really familiar with the story of 1 Corinthians as a whole, it's going to be more difficult to understand what you're reading. You see, every verse, every chapter, and every book of the Bible is part of a larger story. And the individual passages really come alive when we see how they fit into that larger story. And this is where the Bible Project is super helpful. For each book of the Bible, they've released a video that gives you an overview of the context and the themes of each particular book. Here's a snippet of what those videos look like. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, written to a church community that Paul knew really well. Corinth was a major port city in the ancient world and had lots of temples to Greek and Roman gods. It was a big economic center. And so Paul strategically came here as a missionary. He spent a year and a half there getting to know people, talking to them about Jesus. And a whole bunch of people became followers of Jesus and formed a church community. You can read about all of this in Acts chapter 18. So you might want to watch that 1 Corinthians video before you complete challenge card number one for this week. And that's a great way to get the larger story in your mind before you read the individual verses. And you can find all of these videos at BibleProject.com. Now, the second resource I want to mention is something I've never shared before. It's a website that I use all the time when I'm working on a sermon. It's called Study Light. And here's why this is helpful. Sometimes you come across a specific word in the Bible and you really want to know exactly what that word means. Uh, the problem is, though, the Bible was written in Greek and Hebrew, and the English translations don't always have a precise word that conveys the original meaning. So if you are like most of us, and you've never learned ancient Greek or Hebrew, how do you sort this out? Well, here's what you can do. Go to studylight.org, and on the top of the homepage, click Original Language Tools. And from there, go to Interlinear Search and type in the passage that you want. In this example, I brought up John 3.16. This version says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Now, let's say we want to look up the word world here. For God so loved the world. What are we talking about? Just who does God love exactly? Well, you go to that verse and you click on the specific word you want, and it tells you the meaning of that word in Bible times, in the original language. So here in John 3.16, when I click on the word world, we see that it's translated from the Greek word cosmos. And that word has several definitions, but it's obvious which one applies here. The word cosmos can mean all the inhabitants of the earth or the human family. And that's great news, right? When we read that God so loved the world, we can be sure that his love extends to you and to me and to every person who ever lived. Now, obviously, there's a lot more we could say about this habit of digging into scripture, but we need to move on to our fourth habit which is to meditate on God's word. And this is so important, especially for our culture, because we tend to have very short attention spans. Uh, we wanna glance at something real quick and then move right on to something else. But the Bible really doesn't work that way. If scripture is going to reach the deepest part of your heart, you have to spend some time with it 
soak it in, really meditate on what God's Word is saying. There's a great example of this in Psalm 1. This psalm talks about a man who takes the time to meditate on God's Word. And it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. I love that image of a tree planted by streams of water. That tree is going to be strong. It's not going to be whipped around any way the wind blows. And don't you want to be like that? Our culture is constantly changing its mind about what's right and wrong and what's true and false. And most people just hop on the bandwagon of whatever's popular in the moment. But God's Word gives us a truth that does not change. It's stable and reliable in the midst of a world that is completely confused. What the world believes today is different than the beliefs of just 25 years ago. And 25 years from now, the winds will have changed again. But the Bible gives you solid ground to stand on when the enemy tries to deceive you. Now, from a practical standpoint, how do you go about meditating on Scripture? Well, this week's challenge cards will help you do that in several different ways. But I want to highlight one specific idea, and that's memorizing Scripture. It's such a good practice to hide God's Word in your heart. And I know this may sound difficult or not very exciting, but I've seen that memorizing Scripture makes a huge difference in your everyday life. So give that a try this week. Challenge card number four will guide you through that process. Okay, we've got one last Bible habit that will help you grow spiritually strong. Habit number five is to apply what you've learned. It's to obey what God is telling you to do. It's taking the steps that he's calling you to take. And this habit is absolutely crucial. Because if we have all kinds of Bible knowledge, but we never do anything with it, we've completely missed the boat. God has a plan to transform your life. He wants to make you into a new creation where you look less and less like the old you and you look more and more like Jesus. And that process takes place as we apply what we read in Scripture. The reality is, if you want to love God with all your heart, this is how you do it. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commands. Now, in some cases, we'll find it pretty easy to follow God's commands. We all have certain areas where we're on the same page with God, and we want to do what He wants us to do. However, there will also be situations where you do not want to follow God's commands. It's kind of like that old meatloaf song. Lord, I would do anything to show my love for you, but I won't do that. But Paul gave us a heads up about this in 2 Timothy, right? What did we read earlier? All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You know, that verse doesn't bother us at all until it gets personal. We don't like it when someone tells us that we're wrong and we need to change. But the truth is, we all need to be confronted. Even today, 
Even in this moment, God is speaking to you and to me. He wants us to be convicted about wherever it is that we've gotten off track. And this is one more amazing thing about the Bible. The Bible is always countercultural. This has been true for every person in every part of the world, in every period in history. No matter who you are, the Bible will call you out in one way or another. You can think about it this way. The Bible gives everyone the opportunity to be encouraged and comforted. That is completely true, and we're so thankful for that. But the Bible also gives everyone the opportunity to be confronted and offended. God definitely has some positive things to say to you, and he also has some hard things to say. But either way, God says those things because he loves you and he wants good things for you. He wants to bless you and enable you to bring glory to him by living the life that he's called you to live. So on our side, we need to be willing to listen to whatever God has to say. I think about this all the time when I preach. I do want to share the part of scripture that we all long to hear. It's so good to know that God loves you that Jesus died for you, and that the cross makes it possible for anyone to be forgiven and to spend eternity in heaven. At the same time, though, I also need to share the parts of Scripture that we might not want to hear. We all need some course correction now and then. I want to read a quote from a minister named Tim Keller. Keller was commenting on the state of the church today, and he said, My reading of the Bible says that Christians ought to be sold out for racial justice, that all races are equal and created in the image of God. They should also be deeply concerned about the poor and the marginalized. They should also be pro-life, and they should believe that for Christians, sex should only be between a man and a woman in marriage. The early church was marked by those four things. We know that. Two of those look very conservative. Two of those things look very liberal. And those four things are never combined in any political party. They're not combined in any institution other than biblical Christianity. And then listen to this next part. Keller says, Almost everywhere I see people play up two of those and play down two of those or even actually stop believing in two of those. That observation is very insightful. How many churches, how many followers of Jesus are simultaneously taking a strong stance in all four of those areas? A concern for racial justice, a concern for the marginalized and the poor, a commitment to treat all human life as precious and sacred from conception all the way through death, and a commitment to the biblical standard for sex and marriage. I'm convicted by that, but you know, I also have to point out something else that is often missing. In addition to those four areas, many churches and many Christians neglect the true mission of the church, which is to make disciples of Jesus who then go out and make more disciples. So at the end of the day, we all have growing to do. We all have a long way to go before we are following the example of Jesus in everything we say and everything we do. But we know that progress is possible. God will build spiritual strength in us as we listen to his word and obey it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we may find it difficult to develop this habit of digging into scripture on a daily basis, 
But I promise you, the more you dig into the Bible, the more you'll come to love it. And the more you come to know the Word of God, the more love you'll have for God Himself. And that's the end goal, to love God with all of our hearts and to give Him the devotion and the glory that He deserves and to help other people come to know Him and love Him through a relationship with Jesus. If you're listening today and you need that relationship with Jesus, I invite you to reach out. You can go to plumcreek.org connect, or again, you're welcome to just email me directly, doug at plumcreek.org. Our church is here to help you take your next step with Jesus, whatever that may be. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are, and I thank you for your word, the way it encourages us and comforts us and challenges us and confronts us. And Lord, I pray that you will help us develop this habit of digging into Scripture and also listening to what you have to say and then going out and applying it, living out what you want us to do, who you want us to be. Lord, I pray uh, for your spiritual strength that comes from your word. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.